question. I don't know if you heard about the guy that had done quite well, business guy, and he was saying, you know, I want to do something very special for my mother on Mother's Day. And he thought and he came up with an idea. He heard about birds that would sing and dance and talk. So he went to the pet store and found out that they were $5,000 a piece. And he said, well, I've done very well and I have a great mom, so I'm just going to buy two of them and send them to her for Mother's Day. So he had the bird sent. He could hardly wait for Mother's Day to get there. When he called her, he said, Mom, what did you think of the birds that I sent you? She said, they were absolutely delicious. He said, what? You ate them? Yes, Mom. Those were $5,000 a piece. They could dance. They could sing. They could talk. She said, well, why in the world didn't they say something? I want to talk, address a couple of things with you this morning. I've been asked to share just briefly a little bit about the CEO Forum uh, that we started 16 years ago, and then at lunch today I'll be glad to expand on that. But uh, we did start 16 years ago when I had a CEO of Norwest Bank, Iowa, say to me, you know other Christian CEOs, why don't you bring us together? And to be truthful, it took me 18 months to get the courage to do it because I didn't know what in the world I'd do with them once I had them in the room. But we finally figured that out. We came to Chicago 16 years ago. We had seven there, and it went well enough. They said, let's go, let's do this again next year, and we had 10 at the next meeting. And in the meantime, I had a full-time job at Focus on the Family, so this was just something that I really was feeling God called me to but wasn't exactly sure where it was going. But it was at that second meeting that we made a very important decision, and that was I had learned about a lot of ministries to smaller companies, but no one was reaching out to the larger companies. And so we made the decision that we would only work with companies that were $100 million in annual revenue and up. And today we have 211 in our CEO forum, and we work with the largest company in the world, Walmart, and the CEO of Walmart. So God has really blessed what we have done. I wanted to share with you what our mission statement is because it will help you understand what we do. The mission of the CEO forum is to develop spiritual statesmen among senior executives, and they advance the kingdom of God and impact the business and social culture within their sphere of influence. And our scripture that we have chosen for our ministry is this. I will raise up for myself, out of 1 Samuel 2.35, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. And I will firmly establish his house, and he will be my minister before my anointed ones. We have three strategies that we work with, and I will just mention them briefly and then get on to why I'm here to talk to you. The first one is relationship. We built the forum on relationships, and there are a number of things that we do. One, we're in the office of all of our CEOs at least once a year. We do two major events, one in the spring and one in the fall. We put out two devotionals every month written by our CEOs, and i got to tell you, they are awesome. It's amazing the, what these guys are writing these days, and gals as well. We do quarterly calls. We uh, do mentoring and discipling. We work with the spouses of the CEOs. And we also are in Asia. We're in Hong Kong, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, and Beijing working there as well. The second 
uh, strategy that we have is education. We said to ourselves, if we're going to develop spiritual statesmen, then we need to teach them how to be a spiritual statesman. And so we have developed a three-year course that we call Spiritual Leadership Institute. They come three times a year for 24 hours, and we have five teachings each time they come along with case study. And then at the end of that three years, they have to write a thesis on what the, C, what the Spiritual Leadership Institute has meant to them. And when we made that decision to get them to write a thesis, I thought, sure, they're going to do this? Are you kidding me? You know what? They begin six months before they have to give it and work on it. It has been truly amazing, and I wish you could hear some of the thesis that they have done. We also assign them a mentor that stays with them the whole three years. That mentor is to uh, talk with them at least once a month. Many of them, it's on a weekly basis, and there's tremendous things that happen there. And then the third strategy that we have is what we call cultural impact. We work in the area of media. Had the idea a number of years ago, we have a lot of major companies who have major advertising dollars. Why don't we bring them together and get some of those dollars redirected into good content? And if you come to the luncheon, I'll be glad to share a little more about what we're doing in that area. And then the other impact that we are having, I felt like our country, and I think most of you would agree with me, we're headed in a direction that is not healthy for our country. And it was time that we get back to the virtues and values that make our country great. And so we ha are developing a course with Wake Forest University. The dean of the business school there is the former CEO of PepsiCo. And we're working with them on developing a course on teaching CEOs how they can take their values and drive it through the organization. So that's a little bit about what we do within the CEO Forum. Now I want to talk to you about why I'm here. I want to talk to you about the role of the pastor in the life of the CEO. Um, for those of you who aren't going to be pastors, I apologize to you, but this is where I'm going to zero in this morning. Henry Blackaby, a good Southern Baptist, is one of my heroes. I met Henry a number of years ago. He's impacted my life more than any other person uh, that I know. And I was with him in Toronto a number of years ago when we spoke to some business people and then we um, had an opportunity to go and speak to pastors. And I will never forget what he had to say. And I want, I want you to listen very carefully to what he had to say to these pastors. He said this, when pastors see a businessman come to their church, the first question is, what committee do I put him on? How do I get him involved and can I get him to tithe in my church? Henry said, that is the wrong question, and he's exactly right. He said, the question should be, what, how am I going to equip him on Sunday to prepare him to use his influence in the employees' lives in his company Monday through Friday? I hope you take that with you out of the seminary for the rest of your life. That should be the question. How do I equip these people? Now, I want you to hear this. If you hear nothing else that I say today, I want you to hear this. You have, as pastors, the potential to influence the influencers. Think about that. You have the capacity as a pastor to influence the influencers. I want to talk to you about four things today that I think are needed from a pastor in the, in the role of the CEO's life. The first is a prioritization 
Help them to understand their calling. In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, it says this, From one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the times set for them and the exact place where they should live. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you dare to believe that the God who has called you to himself and equipped you with his spirit could work mightily through you? I want to encourage you not to just be a pastor, an ordinary pastor. I want to challenge you to be an extraordinary pastor. Give it your best and the impact that you can have. You see, it's no mistake that you are living in this day and age. Did you realize God in his divine plan have you here this morning? This was part of his divine plan. He knew before you were born you would be here. And he wants to use you in an incredible way for this particular time and age in which you live. And the interesting thing is that when somebody is called, they often think it's either called into the pastorate, missionary, or full-time Christian service. And believe me, that is an incredible call. But I want you to know, I believe everyone is called who is a follower of Jesus Christ into whatever profession they go into. And particularly as I work with CEOs, the one thing that we emphasize is you are called to that position. Let me give you an illustration. It was 12 years ago that I got a call from the president of one of the major, air, or major railroads in this country. And he said, Mac, I was just in a meeting and I was told that they may want me to become the CEO of the railroad. But he said, I have a question for you. He said, is that what I'm supposed to do or should I go into ministry? Is my call to ministry or is it to be the CEO of this company? And I said, I have one question I want to ask you. Who do you know that is 41 years of age that has an opportunity to influence 40,000 employees and a budget of $13 billion? He said, Mac, I don't know anybody. I said, I don't either except you. A few weeks later, he called me and said they have made me the CEO. I said, I got one question for you. He said, what's that? Do you feel called to take this position? He said, absolutely. Now, why was he called? I'll tell you why he was called. Because he has had an incredible impact over the last 12 years on his employees. There is a death on the railroad every day. Think about that. A death on the railroad every day. He takes the time to write each family who's, that's lost a, a, a family member to tell them that he's thinking about them, he's praying for them, and he gives them a verse of Scripture. How many CEOs will do that? But he does that every day with the death on the railroad. He also has become a great influence in the uh, Congress and Senate. He's also become a great influence with his colleagues. And God is using him in some amazing ways. I talked to him yesterday, and I said, I want to ask you a question. It's been 12 years. Do you still feel called? He said, absolutely, and God continues to use him in a mighty way. <clears throat> Second thing I want to talk to you about is that I think is important as a role is to teach them to depend on God, how to cope with success and how to cope with failure. 
The Spiritual Leadership Institute course that we have developed, we spent 400 hours rewriting. Those of you who are professors here and are involved in curriculum, you understand what I'm talking about. We literally spent 400 hours rewriting this course. It is an incredibly impactful on the lives of our CEOs. And we had two men that came and um, took the course from Tampa, Florida. They didn't know each other. They joined the forum but didn't know each other until they came to the Spiritual Leadership Institute. It had a profound impact on them, and they said, you know what? We're going to go back, and we're going to impact the city of Tampa for Christ as a result of this. So they went home, and the first thing they did is they brought a Luis Palau crusade to Tampa, Florida. And in the middle of a downpouring rain, they had 60,000 people show up. Second thing that they decided to do was that the Super Bowl was coming to Tampa. And I don't know if you know, but there is a prayer breakfast on Saturday morning before the Super Bowl. It's put on by the NFL and the Athletes in Action. And they'd been getting about 1,200 out for this prayer breakfast. But these men, being men of great vision, said, you know what? Let's get a place that will have 8,000. And so they went to the NFL and AIA and said, we want to rent a place so we can seat 8,000 for breakfast. And they said, that can't be done. They said, oh, we think it can. And they said, I'm not sure. Finally, they convinced them to at least try it. Well, the second thing that they did is they went to the Clear Channel radio station president, which there are five stations in Tampa, and they said, we want to run ads on your radio station, but before we do, we want you to know what it's about. We want you to know it's a prayer breakfast. We want you to know that the gospel is going to be presented. And we want you to know that there's going to be an invitation at the end. So if you have a problem with this, don't run our ads. And they said the president of the Clear Channel Radio Station folded his notebook. And they thought, man, we're dead in the water. And he said, I'll tell you what. Not only will, we run, not only will I run the ads but I'll run them for free. And they said, no, no, we got the money here. They said, use it for something else. We'll run them for free. Well, three weeks out, they'd only sold 1,400 tickets. And AIA and the NFL were really nervous about getting 8,000 people there for breakfast. But what they didn't know was the ads hadn't run yet. When they ran the ads, they sold out in 24 hours. Is that just like God? You talked about an awesome God. Isn't that just like God? Well, they had the prayer breakfast. The gospel was presented. And at the end, they gave an invitation, and 1,750 people accepted Christ. Is that just amazing? I just want to stand up and say, oh, way to go. I was in Dave's office, showing me this story, looking over the city, and I said, you know what, guy? You know what, Dave? You and Ed are impacting this city in an incredible way. They didn't stop there. They now have a website that it presents the gospel in connection with the global media outreach out of uh, Silicon Valley. And uh, in 2011, they saw 12,000 people accept Christ. And they don't stop there. They also have a place where they can get into a church and talk to them about it. And they also have courses that they're doing with Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God workbook. So God is using them in an impactful way. In fact, one of our CEOs... I just heard this last week, is in the Silicon Valley. He was number two at Intel. He now is the CEO of VWare in the Valley, in the Silicon Valley. And his mentor, who's been with him for four years, said, you've been wanting to be a CEO for so many years. What are you going to do for Christ? 
So he began to think about it. And what he has done is this. He has brought five of the top pastors in the Bay Area of San Francisco together. He's brought five of the leading CEOs together. And you know what their goal is? To take the Bay Area for Jesus Christ. That's their goal. You know what? When I speak up their mind, they want to do something, they will get it done. I'm expecting great things to happen in San Francisco. The third thing I want to talk to you about in the role is encourage them to be in an accountability relationship. Chuck Swindoll once said that, wrote a book entitled, The Lonely Wine of the Top Dog. In this booklet, he talks about how lonely it gets the further you go up the the leadership ladder and in big positions. And I can tell you from experience, CEOs are very lonely people. They don't have very many people that they can trust. But I tell you what, if you pay time to the worship of this church, it will be amazing what will happen. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into the office of a CEO. In fact, it happened on Friday. He shuts the door and he said, let me tell you what's going on in my world. And this one on Friday said, only my wife's know, but I want you to know. And things that they tell us, in particular, their publicly traded company, if I would say something, it would affect their company. That's how, how it is, but that's the way the publicly traded companies work. But I want you to know that you can become an incredible accountability partner for the business person in your church. John is a man that I met 10 years ago. And I led him to Christ 10 years ago in January. He was the president of Mac Tools. He was 35 years old. He was a man who was looking for change in his life. God did amazing things. He changed over the next two years the whole culture of the company. He, was one, he came up through Frito-Lay. He was one of these hard-charging, hard and didn't care who he walked over to. That changed completely. He led seven of his ten direct reports to Christ. It has been an amazing thing because John and I are accountability partners for ten years. We're on the phone every week unless it's for vacation or a trip that doesn't permit it. Then he got recruited to Walmart. And guess what? He goes into the U.S. division and God puts him over $60 billion worth of business at Walmart. And one of the areas that he's in is entertainment. I, I got so excited because of what we're doing in the media to think John was placed right there in the midst of entertainment. The first thing that happened to him was that the five of the six leading studio CEOs came to see him and said, we want to talk to you because DVD sales are down. I don't know if you know, but Walmart um, does 55% of all the DVD sales. And so they talked about how they could make a change and when they were getting ready to leave, John said, there's one other thing I think you need to know why DVD sales aren't selling. And he said, what's that? He said, it's your content. You aren't producing content that people want to put these DVDs on your shelf. I thought that was very bold. Well, three weeks later, he goes out to LA with a plan of how they can expand their DVD sales. He goes to all the major studios, which there are six. The last one he went to was Warner Brothers. After he made his presentation, this lady came up to him and said, she was an executive vice president there, I want you to know I have been praying for 15 years that someone would say what you had to say today. 
And John said, well, let's pray. He said, we didn't close our eyes, but we prayed right there in the boardroom of Warner Brothers. Well, that doesn't end there. There's a new movie coming out, and I've been told not to say it for right now, but it's going to be a blockbuster. And John has played a key role in what's going to happen with this. And the studio called him and said, and this is something that never happens, but they called and they said, we want you to review the script. We're sending a security person with it, but we want you to review the script. So he didn't, but he had a number of his people review the script. They found 15 uh, profanity words of which the F word was used. He walks into the people at Warner Brothers and said, that's unacceptable. If you want us to be involved with this, cut that out. Guess what? They took it out. Now, every week, John and I pray about what God is doing in his life and the doors that they may open, and it's been truly amazing. The last thing that I want to say to you is teach them how to integrate their faith in the workplace. It is truly easy for a business person to separate or compartmentalize their spiritual life from their work life. They may be great on Sunday morning teaching a Sunday school class. They may be the deacon or elder in your church. But on Monday morning when they go to work, they don't really take that faith and apply it in the workplace. One of the things that we do in the Spiritual Leadership Institute is teach them how to apply their faith in the workplace. And I would say to you, encourage them to take their faith into the workplace because that is going to be who they are. They will influence more people in one week than probably most churches in that community. When you think of one company that we're involved with, they have 2.4 million employees. Think of the influence that is. And is he taking his, what he's learning on Sunday and applying it on Monday? And the truth is he is. But there are many who have not learned how to do that. And we encourage them to put their faith to work in the workplace. And I want to illustrate that by this. Walt is a guy that I met a number of years ago. He was president of the largest real estate REIT in the world for warehouses. Um, He had gotten passed over for the CEO position, uh, but he was president. He was ready to leave, and so we were talking about where God was taking him, and I remember calling him in October, and he said, Mac, I can't wait to get out of here. Only three weeks to have him call me and say, can you have lunch with me? And I did, and I said, what's going on? And he said, well, you know what, Mac? Two weeks ago, my time said, no, you didn't yeah, I told him I wasn't going to do it. And I said, what happened? He said, well, I wrestled with God for two days and finally decided, well, I better say, okay, if you want me to stay, I'll stay. And he said, on Monday of this week, this was on a Thursday, he said, on Monday of this week, I got a call from our largest investor. And he said, don't go anywhere, don't take a thing. I said, what do you think that means? He said, I'm getting ready to fire the CEO and make me CEO, which they did on Saturday. Well, what Walt discovered was the company was in far worse shape than he knew. Two companies in their uh, space had already declared bankruptcy. He said, I was determined we would but it was all for a Christmas party the week before Christmas with a number of our CEOs. And he looked like death warmed over, and I've told him that many times. You look like death warmed over. I said, what in the world is going on? He said, Mac, it is tough. I had no idea how bad it was. He said, if we don't have something happen next week, I don't know what's going to happen to the company. Well, that night we did something I very rarely do, but we put Walt on a stool in the middle of his living room and we gathered around, laid hands on him, and prayed that God would bring that miracle that he needed. 
Chris came in when I called him on Monday after Christmas, emailed him on Monday after Christmas. I said, how'd it go, Walt? He said, Mac, and I want to read to you what he had to say, because I think this is so important that you hear this. He said this, I can't thank you enough for your prayers, and we did make our deal in China. Beginning to turn the corner, Mac, now listen to this. Be praying that God will give me wisdom to know how he wants to use me within the company to bring glory to him. That's why you eat. This is a $35 company, and he's wanting God to use him to bring glory to the Father. Well, he got that opportunity. They did town halls. They said, how in the world are you? He would present what was going on, and they would ask questions, and they said, how in the world did you make it through this tower, making it through this tough time. And he said, it gave me an opportunity to share my testimony. And he said, every opportunity I had. Well, Walt retired at the end of December. I went to meet with him a week later. We were having this conversation, and he looked at me, and I'll never forget He said, Mac, I want you to know that I took every opportunity I had to glorify my God in my work and apply my faith in the workplace. I said, well, that's awesome. You see, you can be a pastor that can influence the influencers. I hope, no, I strongly encourage you to go out to pastor your church, that you will take time to help the business person and remember these four things. Help them understand their calling. Teach them to depend on God in success and failures. Encourage him to be in an accountability relationship. And if you've earned his trust, I hope it will be with you. And then teach him how to integrate his faith in the workplace. I want to close with this. Next Sunday, or this coming Sunday, March 3rd, there is a Bible series that's going to be aired. It is done, it's been produced. By the one produced by Mark Burnett, Roman Angel. Mark has produced Survivor, The Prentice, the, um, uh, the, there's a couple of others that he has produced. This Bible series is phenomenal. Rick Warren said, I've seen all the Bible series. This is phenomenal. And if you come to the luncheon today, I'll be glad to tell you some more stories of what's going on there. I happened to see it Friday night at a dinner I was at in Arkansas, an hour of it. I guarantee you it will bring tears. And here is what they want to do. They only want that Jesus Christ be glorified. And they take it from Genesis to Revelation and doing key stories. They couldn't do the whole thing in key stories. And it is very powerful. I encourage you and everyone you know to watch it on the History Channel. It will be on here at 7 o'clock on Sunday night. Thank you for letting me come and be a part of your chapel. By the way, guys, you again were awesome. Thank you.